1: Chair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes, <laughs> right? It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle
0: Tyke. So it's kind of funny, Kyle. We were we were talking the other day on Flagrant Howls. Thank you guys for listening, whether you're listening or watching. We appreciate your support through this tumultuous, annoying season. And we were talking about the rebounding problem, and then the the math problem of man, this team. They just mathematically, they just start every game with like a 10 plus point deficit in three pointers. And last Mm -hmm. night that may have boiled over to a full on crisis. They played basketball for two and a half hours in Los Angeles and they made four three pointers against the Clippers. The lowest scoring game of the year for the Wolves, 88 points, four for 22 from downtown. At one point, Chris Finch said, oh, my God. Let's put Bryn Bryn Forbes as, like, our three-point specialist. Let's just dust him off, throw him out there. All right, Bryn cracks the knuckles, lines up a three wide open from the left wing, and I think it hit off the opposite side of the backboard. (laughs) So that's how that's going right now. Rumor has it Bryn Forbes
1: really likes to mix in a Red Bull before games. All these guys drink a lot of, you know, caffeine and stuff before games, but he always seems like he's really amped up and jittery. And I, all I could think of last night was make maybe like a sugar-free Red Bull or something because <laughs> the first yeah. three off the kind of, yeah, the right side of your screen, and it goes over the rim and just almost takes out the backboard. Um, yeah, we, we talked about math on Tuesday, and they really gave a college-level course last night on, on numbers and accounting, and uh, you're never going to win a game when you make four three-pointers. So forget bringing knives to a gunfight. Uh, I mean, they're bringing plastic spoons now without D'Lo and Carl and Torian Prince and Jordan McLaughlin. That's four of your like nine man rotation. Yeah. They are just swimming uphill right now. And the only hope really at this current moment is to get guys back because they do not. They had a talent deficiency last night and it makes sense. But boy, it was a not a game that you will rewatch or send to the Hall of Fame
0: we've sort of crossed over the line of, okay, let's see what this thing looks like. If you just put Carl off to the side and let some other things gel, yep. And it's like, okay, now let's put Dilo off to the side. Let's actually, let's take both point guards and put them off to the side and Tori and Prince. And so it's, it's uh yeah, you're right. At this point, it's, it's a major talent deficiency. They really had an eight man rotation last night, except for the four minutes of Forbes. And then the, uh, the Iowa wolves came in and collectively uh, nudged the the plus minus into a plus five, because it was garbage time, but anyways, let's um, let's dive into this story that came out on Yahoo, if we could. Little little reckless speculation on this Thursday here. It is <laughs> reckless speculation Thursday.
1: Reckless speculation.
0: So uh, I'm reading the aggregated version of this from uh, silverscreenandroll.com. I just it was the first oh, article I clicked yep. on. It's like SB Nation. So actually, he's probably one of your former yeah, shout out uh, to Harrison Fagan.
1: He's a good, good, good Laker site on SB Nation. Uh, not as good as Canis Hoop on SB Nation, but uh, they did a pretty. I read, I read this dude. They did a pretty good write up on,
0: on the original report from Jake Fisher. So Jake Fisher, Insider, Yahoo Sports. He says Patrick Beverly is reportedly ready to return to the Minnesota Timberwolves if he's traded and bought out by a team. It says, should Beverly ultimately get moved to a rebuilding situation, like if he gets traded to the Pistons or something? The grizzled guard has a desire to return to Minnesota, sources said. Should he reach free agency via buyout? This is, I don't know who the exact source is. Hell, maybe it's Pat Bev himself. Could be Pat Bev's agent. But things aren't going well in L.A. Some of it is just he's not playing well. Mm -hmm. Some of it's the roster is weird. Uh, you know, he's he got into an altercation that kind of put him in the bad graces. But this feels like a cry from his camp, putting out the bat signal. Hey, uh, things aren't going well in Los Angeles. If this thing ends in my contract getting traded for an asset, I would love to go back to the Timberwolves. So what do you make of this report? And what is your level of interest in Patrick Beverly coming back to help shore up the leadership and the culture of the 2022-23 Timberwolves?
1: Well, for, well. first things first is I know sometimes we have an inclination to not believe these things, but I've actually, of all the people who cover teams or you set notifications for, I've actually met and hung out with Jake Fisher. He's awesome. He is about as close to a hippie as you, you could get. So he has really good stuff. So I would imagine that Pat or Pat's camp kind of tipped him off on this. Pat, Patrick Beverly has been in every Lakers trade discussion since he got there, it just hasn't worked out. Um, he's also just like I think he's averaging a career low in points, four points a game, three uh three rebounds. He can't he like make a three 25% yeah. from three. He's having a terrible season. Um, I, I refuse to believe that he's fallen off that much of a cliff, but this was also one of your concerns. It's like Minnesota's not gonna sign him to a five year extension because I don't know if he, he's got five good years in him. So do I believe Pat Bev wants to come back to Minnesota? Yeah. I know that he really was fond of how he was received by the fans specifically. Um, his love for the city, which is so weird because, you know, it's just, you know, it's just these guys usually think of the the, the coast and the big markets, but he really loves Minnesota. Would he be a benefit to this team? Absolutely. Because I, we can get into cap stuff and whatever. You Basically like Austin Rivers is on like a semi-guaranteed contract. You could probably just waive him. Um, again, Bryn Forbes, maybe you could just cut him. Nate Knights, another one. So you can make the roster work. My two questions, and I'm gonna spit it back to you: is one w- you welcome him back, but you have to do so under a contingency. It's like you don't Patrick Beverly can't come and start again. Um, because if he starts, you can't like move Jaden McDaniels to the bench again. Like, so you gotta say, Pat, are you willing to come back in a different role than you did in the past? And number two, and this is the thing that no one no no one has had this take yet. Do you think Phil? the major stakeholders of this team want him back because who, the, pat, who, are,
0: who would you put in that i then? would say chris players Finch, okay
1: carl uh, Anthony towns and let's say tim Connolly. if pat if this if the wolves are six games under 500 and they go and get patrick beverly and this thing kind of turns around patrick beverly might become the most powerful person in the organization because what that says to me is that pat is all of the magic pixie dust you know what i mean like it, yeah. it kind of undermines Finch and towns. And I'm not even, I, I want Pat back by the way, but it does like, if Pat's the sole fix to this, it kind of undermines the coach or the best players of the, the president, because it's like, Pat's the only one that can change this. Pat's the only one that can relift the culture. And I do yeah. believe some of that stuff because he's a good leader, but the thing about the past is that it's in the past. So, I would welcome him. They need some leader. They need that toughness that they lost in Vando, that competitiveness they lost in Beasley. But it's not, if he comes back, it's not going to look like it did last year. He can't start because you can't move one of your two young guys to the bench um, unless you're going to then move D'Lo as well. Like, it's got to be different, and he has to welcome that role and just be kind of happy that he's on a team that has better chances to contend than the Lakers do.
0: That's my what's, what's kind of amazing is that and I'll answer your question here because the stakeholder thing is I think I think different stakeholders would have different opinions on this. But one thing I, I'm not sure I realized I know that he's he's largely been starting lately in his career and he started with the Timberwolves and he, he has started all 21 games he has played in for the Lakers this year starts and he's playing, you know, he's playing 27 minutes per game. So he's he's a starter who's playing in more than half the game. I didn't realize that his whole career since his first year in the NBA, he's basically been a star. I I kind of thought, oh, he's been, he, there's been like three or four years where he's come off the bench. Then there's other teams that need him to mm-hmm. start. Mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly, if you take away his first year in the league after he played in Greece and Russia, and then he got to the Rockets uh, as a part-time player, so that you take that year off the books – He has started 91% of his NBA games. so That's incredible stuff. Could he come in from an ego perspective? But to a couple of your points, if he's the fix, let's say that he comes in, and it's not that he's the best player. Maybe he is eroding at age 34, but he comes in, and then this thing just clicks, right? What Mm -hmm. does that say about the fragility of it all? That you can't even function as an organization. You can't – you're – you're a bumbling 12 seed in the Western Conference unless you have this sort of bit player bulldog leader guy that comes in. If And I said this about some of the leadership articles that, that came out. Like Star Tribune wrote a good one about three weeks ago. And yep. there's been some good conversations about leadership among the Wolves media community. You know, what does it say that Austin Rivers has to announce that he, okay, I, now I'm going to step up and lead or that Torian Prince a month ago says, I, you know, all right, I'm the one that's kind of leading the film study here. Or Anthony Edwards has to announce that, okay, now I'm the leader. Like, the whole thing just seems fragile. Even a performance like last night. I know that you're down D'Angelo Russell and Karl-Anthony Towns, but, you know, just how do you get run out of the gym in the fourth quarter like that? It's, a lot of it's just a dearth of people who can take the game and the season by the collar and jerk it in the right direction. Pat Bev can kind of do that with at least his, his voice and the defense and the energy that he plays with. But if, if he's the guy that brings you from being a non playing team to being a team that all of a sudden makes a run, I would have many, many, many more questions about the rest of it. His role all along was supposed to be help get this thing guided in the right direction for maybe a year or two. And then the young birds learn how to fly on their own. And this is supposed year where this is supposed to be the year where the young birds fly on their own. Some of those young birds aren't even that young anymore, like D'Lo and Cat, for instance, right? So I'm mixed. Like if he can help save the season because he somehow brings this level of leadership and guidance and defense and energy and you know tenacity that they lack, awesome. But it would also shine a huge light on the long term deficiencies of the current players that they have. So. I'm kind of riding both sides with my answer, but I'm very conflicted on this. (laughs) Back to the stats for a second. He's actually playing more minutes
1: this season per game than he did for the Wolves. And again, basically all of his statistics are down. So if you want to sell me or sell yourself or sell Tim Connolly on all the other stuff, the intangible stuff, I'm right with you. Because Phil and I have been doing leadership power rankings for 10 weeks. Like, that's a void. This team has a void. And should the older... Young guys like Carl and D'Lo have already stepped up. Yeah. Are the younger guys, you know, like Jalen or Jaden or Ant, ready to do it? Maybe not. So if he can come in and be a voice in the locker room, that's great. And it's not a perfect comp, but there are some, you know, comparisons to I have a hundred favorite Kevin Garnett moments. They are all during his first stint in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. right? It is bringing back KG. And I know that there's more time in between KG's first stint and second stint. Pat was here last year, but Bringing him back, it's great. You'll sell some tickets. You'll have a crazy press conference. But he was just a different player, older. He had lost a step. He lost some things. He was was obviously great to Carl as a young player. He was great in the locker room. That's what you want from Pat. But from a basketball standpoint, we just said they made four threes last night. If you're going to think that a guy who is shooting 25% from three and has to start is going to help the basketball product on the court, you're high. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you're, 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 he's not a very good basketball player at this moment. Maybe he's misused. I get all that stuff, but like the Lakers need talent and he's not giving them much. So I am still gun to my head, willing to pull the trigger. But I also think too, like, we get excited by seeing Patrick Beverly, Minnesota in the same tweet. He would have to not only be traded, but then that team would have to buy him out. It's like, if he does get traded to a team that's like, no, we're trying to make the playoffs too, we want to have that energy. Then they then that's it. So like there are so many steps to get to this point. I would do it, but I just would do it for reasons that don't really have anything to do with basketball. Yeah, and that's kind of my take on it.
0: So yeah, another way to look at it is okay. If this happened, who are you kicking out of the rotation? And it's not like a, it's not that hard of a an equation to figure out. Although when you have everyone healthy, <laughs> it's like a little right harder. Na- yeah, right now you would kick. You would just kick like Bryn Forbes or. See, Austin Rivers is an interesting one because in theory, Austin Rivers brings you at a younger age. Not that much younger, but like but he, you know, he's 30, but, uh, but four yeah. years younger, he brings you sort of the tenacity, leadership, et cetera, that maybe Pat Bev could bring. But I don't think he's as good at it. I mean, last night he played awful basketball. He couldn't make a shot. He yeah. was out there for almost 30 minutes, didn't grab a rebound. He can play some defense and put the clamps down a little bit, and he is vocal. But... If it came down to it, once everyone came back healthy, so when everyone comes when Delo comes back when Cat Tory and Prince come back, those guys are in the rotation, and then Brim Forbes would get bumped back out, and Austin Rivers would get bumped back out. I would replace either one of those guys with Pat Bev, and then I would have to find some extra minutes in there somewhere. I mean, maybe he takes some Jordan McLaughlin minutes, maybe he takes some Jalen Noel minutes, which again, I know we just raved two months ago about how oh now Jalen <laughs> Jalen Noel gets to gets to take all those. Those minutes from Pat Beverly. So this is why it's hard. I want to see more Jalen Noel minutes and see how this season progresses. Um, Could you convince Pat Bev? So you're not going to start, at least not right away. You're not going to play 25 minutes. You're going to have to be Pat Bev and do Pat Bev things in 15 to 18 minutes max. Because we need to provide minutes for some of these younger players that we think have huge upside. So would he be willing to bring the Pat Bev influence, but put some of the Pat Bev ego aside and take on a role, a non-starting role that he really hasn't had to take on so far in his career?
1: Well, to your point, you brought this up a couple weeks ago. Ideally, you would bring him back in a still active. He'd be playing a little more. But like, can you will you accept the Udonis Haslam role?
0: Oh yes, he's the, he's the yes the Wolves culture. This is the this is the, maybe these are the seeds of Heat culture, Wolves culture, right? Pat Bev. 41 years old in seven years just holding a clipboard with a uniform on right <laughs> like does, does, does,
1: would the wolves be down to keep paying pat like they like the heat pay haslam again haslam won championships with the heat but patrick beverly basically won championships with the timberwolves in terms of what their bar is and like right. getting to the playoffs they want to play in game damn it what, right. what more so, do you want from us so austin rivers <laughs> and i'm a huge austin rivers fan he just can't he has a good career and a good resume. He doesn't have any clout with this team. And you can't lead if you're Austin Rivers with 15, to 18 minutes a game. I think Patrick Beverly does have clout with this team and with this roster and could lead and be a large voice in the locker room, mm. even if he catches a straight DNP. But again, there has to be a common ground here. And this is my only my only reservation: is that it's not gonna be what it was last year because nothing is what it was in the past. Like it, you got to embrace the future here. And would you be like, Pat, we'll continue to keep you employed, you know, we'll we'll agree behind under the table that, you know, Glenn sits out with Joe Smith, like, we will keep paying you every year, but you have to be an extension more so of of the coaching staff than, you know, like a combative player versus the coaching staff or whatever, that type of stuff. So it would work. They need him. He did set the culture, but it just, um, I'm not going (laughs) to. Man, they kept Jaden McDaniels instead of giving up two, you know, instead of two additional first-round picks. You can't bring Pat in and then move Jaden back to the bench. Like you gotta really invest in when Carl comes back, that's Jade. You got five starters that really can't sit unless you move D'Lo. So it would take a, a good communication, it would take a good talk between Finch and Pat to make this work. But um I'm not shocked to loop it back to the top that Patrick Beverly wants to come back because that dude absolutely. Might have been one of his best years and most enjoyable years was being in Minnesota and playing for those fans.
0: Yeah. Because okay, so Udallas Haslam is a great, I love that comparison. He's also still at age 42, technically still an active member of the Miami Heat. He has played in four games this year. Uh, Udallas Haslam in the last, let's see here, in the last six seasons has played 260 total minutes. An NBA basketball game is 48 minutes. He has played 260 minutes in the last six seasons on the heat. And then he played 130. The The last time he played actual meaningful rotational minutes was 2014, 15. And so for eight years, he has been an actively paid. It's it's basically like you're overpaying for an assistant coach and he just puts a uniform on and kind of hangs out on the bench. Right. Yep. That's basically what they're doing, but he's involved at practice and stuff. I kind of like where you're going here. And,
1: Anthony Edwards was so close to Ricky Rubio and it was, just, it was, you know, he was an 18 year old kid. He was a puppy and he didn't really know what was going on. And Rubio kind of took him under his wing. He had that same kind of relationship with Pat and those guys. I mean, I remember in Vegas when they met for the first time in summer or not preseason or whatever, like Pat, I don't think he played that game, but Pat sprinted to half court right before the ball was tipped. by the way, a very Patrick Beverly thing and hugged. And like, those two guys have a tight connection And if you are one of those people that the only real hope you have with this team or this franchise is strapped to the shoulders of a 21-year-old kid from Atlanta in Anthony Edwards, um, you do moves like this to get him people that can, you know, maybe – listen, man, you can't do college in a year. Maybe Anthony Edwards needs a couple more years of the Patrick Beverly School of Leadership, the school of being a dog. So I'm totally for it. I just – I want to preface it by saying it's got to be more, you know, it's got to be more Yadonis Haslam than it's going to be, you know, the Kevin Garnett second time where he gets the honorary position and gets to start. Um, but the leadership void is real. And you and I had identified it right around October 1st. So yeah. if they can bring him back
0: and they can make these dominoes line up, I think it's a good decision. You know, Pat Beverly has acted like a guiding hand for the Timberwolves, just like federated mutual insurance company. <laughs> can act as a guiding hand for your business. In fact, Federated's been around almost as long as Pat Beverly, since 1904. (laughs) Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, they are one of us, and uh, they have been providing risk management tools and resources and guidance and face-to-face relationships with business owners for a long, long time inside and outside the state of Minnesota. You can find out more information at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Also, uh, our friends at St. Thomas—that's right—they have Division One sports now at St. Thomas. As of last year, you can see a couple things in the next week or so: Division One hoops action for just fifteen dollars. St. Thomas takes on North Dakota on Monday night, and North Dakota State on Wednesday night. So, uh, you were UND, right? You told yeah, me that. Yeah. Shout out to our our sponsors at St. Or the Tommies, but uh, anytime want they play them to UND, die a slow death against yeah.
1: North Dakota. <laughs> yep, pretty much. No, I Have nothing good to say against about you when you play my team, but uh, I, they just switched to D one recently, right? Like that was a big yep, move. It's their okay. second year.
0: Yeah, cool. I in love fact, that stuff. as a Minnesota Gopher myself, boy, uh, the I don't think the Gophers want the Tommy smoke this year. If if those two teams played, I think Saint Thomas, in their second year of D one, would give the Gophers all they can handle this year. So could the Gophers men's basketball team beat the Timberwolves? <laughs> uh. The Gophers men's basketball team is a train wreck. Could, could, uh, could one of the best college teams not in it, like Purdue beat the Timberwolves right now? Eh, I do without Cat and Delo?
1: I do love that. Anytime like Alabama's good at
0: football, like could they beat? Could they beat? Could the they Jackson? beat the Jaguars? No, <laughs> no, they could not. Um, and the by Tommies. the way, the hockey team also plays Ferris State this Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. night. So TommySports.com to get your tickets. TommySports.com get your tickets. Um, Since we're kind of doing the speculation thing here on this Reckless Speculation Thursday...
1: Reckless Speculation!
0: I have a question. This is going to infuriate at least half of our audience, but I feel obligated to be the one that throws this out there. because I respect that. Nobody else has the courage to ask this question. (laughs) So, D'Angelo Russell has been really, really good the last 10 to 12 games. We're seeing the version of D'Lo that we wanted to see. He's He's basically just said, "I'm not a point guard. Screw it, screw it. You can call me a point guard. I'm not a point guard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do D-lo things. Somebody else can stir this drink once in a while, um, but I'm gonna play off the ball as I want to. And even last night when he was out, I mean, Anthony Edwards was the one initiating a lot of the offense against the Clippers, for better or worse. But my question to you is, his value is going up as a player. His contract expires at the end of the year." like a $30 million expiring contract that could be valuable for someone looking to clear cap space. The Timberwolves would clear some cap space, letting his contract come off the books, but because they are currently without him projected to be only about 14 million below the cap, they wouldn't recoup the full $30 million in value if they just let his contract expire. So my question to you is to what extent would you consider trading that contract in the next two months before the deadline, seeing that his value, so now you're getting a decent player and you get to clear out the contract if you're an opposing team. So there's sort of two, two value propositions. Or would you look to execute a sign and trade next summer? Because, hey, he's he's building his value. He's playing pretty well. Maybe he's in line for a multi-year contract with somebody else, but the Timberwolves don't want to go that far toward the luxury tax. I guess generally, how would you approach D'Lo here and this entire situation over the next two months and then going into next summer?
1: This one's not really a take. It's really simple. Like the, the D'Angelo Russell situation has to be resolved by the middle of February. It just like, it has to, you have no choice. The sign and trade option sounds great, but if he, and I like D'Angelo Russell, he has been a frisky person in the past to deal with and if he thinks he was scorned by the team and doesn't want to do a sign and trade for some reason i mean you know financially it's always good for those players to do it they make a little more money but if he just says no i don't want to help my former employer then you are literally li- i mean i did this once when i moved out here phil like i had a job and then i wanted to go to hawaii for three weeks uh so i just quit my job and I went to hawaii for three weeks and then i came back and didn't have a job i didn't have anything figured out so if the if the Timberwolves are just going to try to go into the summer, July first, and quit that job and have no backup plan, they are, I would say, doomed. Like you, if you're gonna, if you're not going to sign D'Lo in July, you have to move off of him before the deadline because you have, you don't. Again, for the basic dad, if you're listening, they don't get thirty million dollars when D'Lo leaves. They, that that's not how the salary cap really works. So you have to address this point guard thing. I mean, today's a big day. Today is December 15th. I think like 98% of players now are eligible to be traded today. And for the next two and a half months, you're going to have a lot of notifications from Woj and Shams. Um, But yeah, I I don't think that's a hot take or anything like, and he's been good. So maybe you want to lean into it a little more. Uh, There was a report last night during the ESPN broadcast that they think Carl will come back early January. So you got, you know, probably three more weeks of this. I think D'Lo is really truly day to day. I wouldn't be shocked if he plays on Friday against the Thunder. But uh, you you gotta you gotta figure this out now. You can't. You have already done some damage to the value of all this and the the hope and the optimism and the fan base. Like you need to figure this out now or in the next couple of months. And even if that's decide we're going to extend them, we're going to sign them. That's our best option. Okay, that's fine. But you cannot just sit on your hands because this fan base and this roster and this ownership group. Um, I think we said this the other day, like this is the next level of payment this month. Um, you know, Mark Laurie and A-Rod owe Glenn some money coming up. I know uh has some friends that have been reached out about ticket sales, like for the 22 or the 23, 24 season. Like you need to make an adjustment to this roster sooner than later. And that involves Delo because he is the one guy who is not tied to this franchise past this summer.
0: And it's, it's asset management, right? You've got – yeah, this yeah. is what I was That's hammering the, the Twins for with this Carlos Correa thing. People think it was about would you give him 13 years, 300 – no. No. I 13 years for a, a 28-year-old very good baseball player is aggressive for any level market team, especially mid. The discussion was, okay, 10 months ago you have an asset that falls into your lap. What is your long-term plan to maximize the asset? Do you Do you – okay, let's throttle down immediately and build a playoff team that can make a run and take advantage of this. Okay, that would be the ideal thing, but if, if you can't, if you're the twins, all right, well, we got this one-year asset if we're not and I don't know that they were in first place for a while, but it's like he's going to leave you. He's going to leave you have an asset, a huge asset that's not going to be with you in a year. Can you either get pros, can you spin it for prospects or some other value or can you take advantage and win now? And so for for Dilo if you know if the wolves were sitting in like the three seed right now and they were six games above five hundred, this would not be a conversation. I would I would be saying, just ride it. This is the, the look at the chemistry of this team. They have a real chance. This thing is gelling in the first two months. It's only going to get better. And uh, you know may, maybe 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 get screwed in the end and D'Lo goes and signs somewhere else. But this thing is too good right now to just think about trading one of the key pieces. But they're not. They're two games under five hundred. They're not even in the play picture right now. I do think they're going to keep getting better. But you have an asset right now. It's not a huge LeBron James and his prime-like asset, but it's a $30 million expiring contract and a player that some teams would covet to, to be a point guard or a combo guard on their team, right? So to your point, and listen, I know people are screaming at us like, you guys are you're trading D'Lo? He's one of their best players right now. This is about long-term asset management. They just traded away a ton of first round picks for something that right now isn't working that well. And then you have another key piece here that's about to come off the books. And if if you play it wrong, you're going to wind up with no assets coming back to you and not enough cap space to just go and sign another $30 million point guard, right? So what's the best way to manage this asset that is the D'Angelo Russell contract and Delo the player? And I'm with you. like They should be exploring this in the next two months unless they're very confident that, in a potential sign and trade, which is a very risky line to walk next July. Two things. One, just
1: oh, I want to preface this once a week. I actually am with you. You said a thing. I think this is going to get better. I have yep. no stake in it. Uh, we're going to be doing pods in January, February, March, even if this team sucks. We might talk about real estate or things we like, but I do think this team is going to get better. I still believe in my heart of hearts that they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but I will say, just to be fair, because that's what we do here, I would only I would not even say push back. If they were the four seed right now, I would still be saying the, the DLO thing needs to be resolved in the next 10 weeks.
0: And resolved because,
1: could be extension. Right. You. Right. Because you you can sign him in the season. Like they could just throw money at him tonight in LA or in OKC and be like, would you sign this? Um, but even if they were a top four seed in the West, the asset meant you said it so much better than I did. Asset management is so much more important. Because you have already not really managed your other assets. I still believe having the players is worth a lot. They gave up so many picks for Rudy. It was always an overpay. But you can trade Rudy again and get 75% of his value. That's a fact. I know he's hated online. I know teams make fun of him. But there are smart people that really want that guy on their team. There are. That's just how the NBA works. Andrew Wig People wanted Andrew Wiggins. okay, And it turned out really well for them. If we can get him into our system and our chemistry and our, you know, whatever, we can make it work. But I, you have to figure this out. You do because you don't have, like Phil said, you don't have a pick this summer. You don't have the ability to go out and sign, you know, Tyus Jones to three years, forty-five million. Um, You have to figure this out whether you're good or bad. So, is now the time to strike when he's actually been really good, maybe? Um, And it's nothing, dude. If this was Carl, I'd say the same thing. If this was Jaden, I'd say the same thing. Like, he's the only guy that's not tied to this franchise for the next four to five years. Mm -hmm. And again. Asset management. That's what these that's what Tim Connolly's paid a ton of assets to do is to manage the assets. So you gotta figure
0: it out. Yep. So we'll see I, I think we should we should keep it doesn't have to be a weekly thing here, but I think Reckless as long as speculation. the speculation about how they could improve mm-hmm. is more interesting mm-hmm. than the way they're actually playing on the court, then I think we can devote some time to playing armchair GM here throughout whether it's the Pat Bev stuff or other moves they could Potentially make, I'll tell you what, I, I, I know that last night was a bad night all around, but I still, I continue to love the Kyle Anderson move. He's just such yep. a, yep. he's this, like, he fits with everything. He can do 16 different things. He's not like elite at any one thing, but if you need him to run point, he'll do it. All right. We needed to grab some rebounds tonight and a uh, gang rebound. Okay, cool. Uh, needed to knock down some threes tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can hit you a couple threes. It's just been, so that, that is one thing in a season in which not many things have gone right um, Kyle Anderson has been a major glue guy for this team so far. I yeah. just want to throw that out there.
1: Britt Robson did a great article over at Min Post about Kyle Anderson that is it's positive, it's worth checking out. Um, and yeah, the, again, to the D thing, neither he has been one of the brightest spots, maybe, maybe the best player over the last two weeks for this team. It has nothing to do with that dude or his personality or any stuff. It's just this is still a business. This isn't Major League Baseball where you're uncapped or you can do all this stuff. Like you have to figure this situation out. And if you're upset that we're talking about trading deals then be even more upset about how much Tim Connolly paid to get Rudy Gobert. because if this team had all their picks and everything was fine, you could probably risk run it, playing it out, but you don't, right? Like Dane Moore talked about this six months ago before the Gobert stuff, the wolves were setting up 2023 to have a ton of cap space because Delo did come off the books, but then you also did in that situation, have a bunch of free money to spend. Well, that money went to Rudy. Um, So you don't have that option anymore. So it's not about his play. I thought he's been really good. He's been great in the locker room, but he is the guy that is not here long-term. And that's why he has to
0: be the first option you think about. Yeah. And also like, we're talking about this from a wolves perspective of what should they do with DLO? What would, what would they offer or not Mm -hmm. DLO this or that? I don't know what DLO thinks. I don't Mm -hmm. don't think he hates it in Minnesota, but let's keep in mind, Chris Finch benched him for the last six minutes of a, Game six playoff clinching contest, right? And and you know fans have booed him a little bit. I think rightfully so. I think when you're making that much money and you start the season as poorly as he did, you, dude, you can't play that way for the first ten games of the season. And you you just you you can't not be a leader if you're if you're going to be in that high profile spot. So I don't have a problem with the way that fans have kind of gotten on him. But if he's not feeling the full love from the fans, he's not feeling the full love from the coach in a key moment. And maybe he kind of feels like Anthony Edwards more and more is going to be the driver of this offense. And Mm -hmm. who knows if those guys are a perfect fit together. And I I guess I could see a world in which maybe he'd like to go explore his options and unrestrict. How many times in your life are you going to be an unrestricted free agent with a chance to make 20 or $30 million a year doing what you do for a living? This is one of a small handful for D'Angelo Russell. So you got to think about it from his perspective too, as his contract is set to expire and take advantage of the asset that you have before it takes advantage of you.
1: And before you hop in the mentions or the comments and say, no one will take DLO. I just, so I think it was Dan Devine. He covers the NBA. He put out a really good tweet yesterday. It was simply which NBA fan bases are happy right now. (laughs) And there was a thousand replies and they, all the replies were four teams. (laughs) It was like the bucks, the jazz, the The Pelicans and like the Pelicans. Right. But go look through this dude there are countless teams that are having as many negative podcasts during the week as as you and i have right so the heat um you know mavs. maybe the suns the mavs maybe the nets want to rekindle that old d chemistry flame like there's a ton of teams that would make a deal for him now they're going to want you know to give you their bad contracts or whatever but there'd be options and that's why again tim Connolly, all the avengers up on up in mail square like This is what you get paid to do. And if your experiment, you know, doesn't bubble over like you thought it was going to, you need to pivot and you need to be looking forward. I mean, Tim Connolly signed for five years or whatever. Like you have to have a five year plan. And that includes figuring out your point guard.
0: I'll give you two other fan bases that are elated right now are the Rockets and Spurs, both tied for last place in the Western Conference, tanking as they planned to. Maybe not even maybe their fans are mad that those teams have actually won nine games already. Kind of kind of crazy.
1: They're feisty. Yeah, I mean, the Hornets as well. The Pistons just shut down Cade Cunningham for the season. So, uh, yeah, there's some happy teams. Um, But if you uh, really, truly, if you look in the middle of Dallas, Golden Golden State might be without Steph Curry for a couple weeks. Like, Dallas, Golden Mm -hmm. State, Phoenix, the Clippers even. Like, there's a lot of teams that are just
0: really pissed off right now. Um, So, they know what we are going through. All right, let's uh, let's dive into the comments here. It's time for an edition here of Phil and Kyle read the comments on the Score North YouTube channel. You can also hit us up via the feedback tab in the Score North app. This one comes from, I believe it's, uh, Tabo, Parencell. I'm butchering your pronunciation there. Thank you for the podcast. It's great. I'm a bit surprised at how lightly pissed you guys seemed after the bleep show in Portland. They weren't even trying, and the coverage on Lillard was so bad. Portland literally ran the same play for a three-point shot on the wing three straight times. We did not adjust whatsoever. I was a big Finch believer, but I wonder how much more patient we need to be. Um, He has a bunch of other stuff in here, but, yeah, I think, I don't know, I'll just, I guess I'm not going to get, like, it's going to be very rare that I get irate after any one or two games, I think, especially with the nature of this podcast. We are not not doing this as a post-game show. Mm-hmm. you yep. and I kind of agreed, just even for like lifestyle reasons you know you have a day job and do other content I'm producing Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily and some other stuff that it's we're going to record this after sleeping on it the next day so maybe if you would have caught us in the five minutes right after the second Portland game you would have heard me going bonkers so maybe that's part of it but you know I guess why aren't you more mad Kyle why aren't you ripping your, your headset off and throwing it at the screen more often here
1: this isn't going to go over well with everyone and this isn't this is all jokes aside and not a bit uh i'm using my lunch break right now from trying to cure cancer to talk about the timberwolves um you don't have cancer no 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 no, no but <laughs> thank you for thank you for breaking <laughs> that silence there. uh i just i will never tell fans how to act and i think if you are someone who just gets this is your escape and your escape sucks and you want to get mad about it I, I believe that. I really do think one of the coolest bits or segments or whatever is Vikings Vent Line. I tune into it every Sunday because it's an awesome spot where you guys just let people vent their happiness or their frustration. Maybe one day we can devolve or evolve this into something like that where people can just kind of – I mean, John Krasinski was going to write an article this week where he basically said, send me all your frustration and let's talk about it. I love that. I just – this is how I move forward and have done in the past. I just – try to look at sports fun. I'm pissed off. The Blazers game was terrible. I was hitting Dane more in the third car. I was like, is Finch just not going to, like, does he, is he bringing the timeouts to, to LA? Like, what are we doing? Um, there've been more frustrating moments this season than like the first five. And those, some of those seasons were 19 and 41. Um, So I'm, I'm with you. I I know this fan base, I've said it before. I think this is the greatest fan base in the world, especially when it comes to basketball. They've been through more, they've received less. Uh, they still continue to tune in. They still continue inv- to invest. And if you're mad, you should be mad. You should be pissed off. It's just for me, what I do nine to five and what I got going on in my personal life. This is always every time I log in with Phil, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm smiling. So should we have been more critical? For sure. There are people that are critical. That's why Britt Robson is such a necessary evil for us, because he'll just tell it to you straight. Um, and I do believe this is going to get better. But if you're mad, you should be mad. It's just it's not something I've ever really gotten into. And if I'm really, really mad, I probably just get drunk in text Phil.
0: Well, and, I, and on the flip side, I think this is it'll be interesting to see the dynamic of this show. You are definitely more of the sort of, hey, I'm going to take an optimistic view at this. And you are you are choosing to engage with the Wolves in that way. Uh, I will five times a year completely crap on this team and say some things that I may <laughs> good, or may not good, regret good. I like that. on a vent line or a podcast. I am not. They're not. Seven and twenty. Okay, right. they're they're hovering around five hundred. It's been frustrating. Mm-hmm. I and we have ranted. I think the audience knows how I feel largely about the lack of leadership from D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns, and I don't need to continue to beat that dead horse on this episode. But I'm I'm kind of taking a more patient approach in the first two or three months of the year because of how massive this roster shakeup was, and now. It's even like Cat is out and Delo has been banged up. And so I, I guess I'm just kind of sitting back here a little bit before I get passionately mad about something until they move further away from 500 and until we have a little bit more finality in terms of what this iteration of the Wolves roster feels like. But trust me, when the gloves need to come off, uh, I will definitely take them off on this podcast, but I just don't, I just don't still, it's, it doesn't feel like the right time to just like bury them. Right. Dude,
1: now. it's been so. terrible. This season has sucked. It has been so frustrating, but there have also been 16 chapters in what is a what 28 game season so far. Like think about Carl's illness in the preseason and then there's no Carl now. And then there's this, and then there's that, like there's been so many things and yeah. as much as we want change, like one of the, one of the proudest articles I ever written when I was at Canis was a, It was titled an open letter to Gerson Rosas. And it was just me trying to speak for the fans and vent. I thought it was pretty good. We're probably nearing that level with Tim Connolly at some point. Right. But they're, they do have a lot of built in excuses about guys, not being available guys, being hurt, all this change where no one wants to hear this. And I know that, but I also am commenting on what they think they just want some more time. And if you hate that, that's fine. But I'm actually in the camp of let's just let this marinate a little more Agreed. so we have a definitive. Let's see 20 more games of maybe Finch just isn't cut out to coach this team because I think they made a rash decision in the first place to do this Gobert deal. I'm, I'm still high on Gobert, but they took a team that won north of 500 for the first time in a while and made the playoffs and immediately pushed their chips into the middle. So I don't want to immediately fire a coach and Chris Finch and replace him with, you know, someone else that's like, okay, Finch wasn't the problem. I don't want to immediately dump a guy because you think he's not playing well. And it's like, oh, wow, that, you know, I still think about Andrew Wiggins Phil like we were over him and we had enough data, but then he went and kind of figured it out in another team. So I would like internally for them to just get a little know who you can ride with and who you can't and I don't think
0: we're at that level yet, even though being 13 and 15 sucks. And as you're figuring out who to ride with, where do they need to sit in the car? And that was the Correct. issue with Wiggins is for Correct. years he, he was acquired as a driver. Mm-hmm. We need you to drive this franchise's car. And after about a year and a half, it was like, ooh, he doesn't even want to take control of, like, what song we're playing. What like he what's, doesn't want the ox cord. Yeah. He, he, why, why doesn't he want the ox cord? Why is not he – he needs to be told when to stop for gas. Dude, we need you to be thinking about this stuff. And so he goes over to the Warriors. And they're like, oh, dude, we, we definitely want to ride with you. But uh, you're going to just be kind of sitting in the back right seat there. <laughs> you're going to be able to be sitting next to Draymond. Steph's going to be up here next to Clay and Draymond. And you'll just be back here. And, uh, you know, just uh, chime in with a joke once in a while to keep the road trip going. Right. And that's the role that he needs to be in. And so with, with Carl, once again, it was like, dude, we need to drive the car. Hey, Carl, are you, are you comfortable driving the car? Carl, quit freaking out. Uh, there's a traffic jam. There's no need to spaz, and we're going to get into an accident if you keep spazzing in the driver's seat. Uh, I think Carl needs to sit maybe in the back left, maybe in the back middle at some point. Can that happen with the Timberwolves in a smooth way that doesn't bruise egos and offend people, right? Like, if this team's going to win big in the playoffs, is Carl the driver of the car or is Ant the driver of the car? Is Ant ready to drive the car? Maybe he Ant, needs two more years. Like this, These are things that are hard to figure out. Last night's game against the Clippers
1: sucked, just like everything has sucked. But last night was no Carl and no D'Lo and just an extra emphasis on kind of like point Ant with Rudy Gobert. Um, they ran out of steam. Again, they, they were trying to f- stave off the Clippers with plastic silverware. But they were up 44-38 or 43-38 at half. And I thought it was one of the most promising 24 minutes of like, this is what it looks like if Ant gets the keys. There was turnovers. There were some bad decisions. But he looked engaged on both ends. And he continues to be... I see a lot of times where people go back to like, oh, remember, this season sucked or this season sucked. A lot of those seasons in the past that were 30 games below 500 and you were miserable didn't have Anthony Edwards. And that is the one beacon of hope that I still believe in is that this team still has ant an mm-hmm. he's going to sign next year. They're going to sign Jaden, whatever you think of Jaden, like they still have this kid who's moxie and chemistry or a personality and all that stuff is only starting to grow. Uh, he's been playing really good basketball lately. He is the reason I have hope, but yeah, to your point, like let's find out over these next couple of weeks. I'm not trying to just be patient until April. Like this needs to make a seismic shift probably sometime in January. That's why the trade deadline is middle of February. Um, this team, if they figure it out that this isn't our season, but we can make the most out of it and we can now early invest our asset management into the next season. Um, you have to do it. So no one wants to hear patience. No one wants to hear calm down. And I'm not saying any of that. You should be mad. You should be riled up. Tell your ticket people when they ask you, Hey, are you going to re up for next season? Tell them what's pissing you off. Um, but I just don't want to, if you think the Gobert trade was a mistake, I don't want to compound that mistake by making more quick decisions without knowing exactly who we can
0: trust to move forward and build with amen you got to get to a meeting and uh i've got to get to uh, posting this speculative juicy episode of flagrant house here so thanks to everyone for hanging out with us here please click the subscribe button on the youtube channel the like button help spread the word about this uh, self-loathing community that we are all a part of and uh, if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on apple Podcasts, help spread the word as well all right my friend
1: Good. That Appreciate was a good you. therapy session. Feel good, good therapy now. session. There. Let's
0: go out and live our sunny Thursday. Yep. All right. Uh, see you guys next time on your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant Owls.